Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. This is the Hockey Podcast Network. Your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. This is the Broadway Boys Podcast through the Hockey Podcast Network, and we are back with Season 3, Episode 24, as this is the first episode of the year 2022. And Andy and I are pumped to say that the Rangers had a big win going into the new year. Uh, We have a lot to look forward this year, and I got to start the the podcast off with Andy. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Uh, A little groggy, so I'm having my morning coffee we're recording this on a uh, overcast Sunday morning well at least it is here in Brooklyn uh, the Rangers are going to take on the aforementioned Tampa Bay Lightning in a matinee game here in a couple hours um, and yeah like you said they're starting the new year off with a, a pretty big win I think some people were saying it was a must win for them considering everything that's been made about their record against playoff teams and uh, so yeah I'm, I'm doing fine hopefully they can Solo win out here. Yeah, and you look at the Rangers' record, and you know if you told me that that was the record in back in August that this was going to be how 2021 ended, I would have signed up for that for certain. Uh, now living through it, yeah, we kind of know what the Rangers are, right? We know that they're a team that certainly have some flaws. They have some guys that are gamers and can be difference makers, whether we win or lose. We have, you know, a great goaltender. Our backup goaltender had a shaky start, but, but you know, lived up to the challenge of, of uh, taking over the reins for a couple of weeks there. So we kind of know what we have as a team. And we know we're young. We know we're inexperienced. We know we're, you know, our depth of scoring is not the greatest in the NHL. But we win games, and here we are. We're in third place in our division. Uh, the two teams above us, don't really seem to ever lose. Uh, Pittsburgh below us, if they ever play another game again, uh, which I, I believe they're slated to play this evening. But, you know, you know, it, it is what it is, Andy. Like, we're given the schedule that we can, we can play ourselves. And, and, you know, whether or not you want to write the narrative that we suck against, you know, the better teams in this league, well, it doesn't really matter, honestly. Like I said, you want to finish around 500 against those teams. But if you beat up on on all the shitty teams, well, you're still a playoff team. And that's going to get you in at the end of the day. And, you know, I don't think the Rangers are that bad against the the premier teams. I just think the Rangers, you know, 
when they don't show up to play a full 60 minute game, you know, we are what we are. We have the same problems no matter who we play, whether that be the Ottawa Senators or whether that be the Tampa Bay Lightning or the Florida Panthers. The Rangers always have the same problems no matter who they play. And this isn't the Rangers that, you know, are stacked up against the, the league's best. And that's where the problems come out. It's the Rangers are a victim of their own uh, demise, I should say. So, you know, uh, I don't know. You know, w- what do you think of this narrative that the Rangers, you know, can't keep up with the best teams in the league? Yeah, it you know, it's kind of weird because it's like you said there, I think there's trying to I've been trying to psychoanalyze this portion of the fan base. And I think it had a lot of it has to do with. Uh, the circumstances around just not ultimately winning the big one during the Henrik Lundqvist years and the, I guess, the prevailing thought that he was masking a lot of this organization's problems in that it was all a house of cards that was always going to fall down. So I think uh, Rangers fans are pretty susceptible to that line of thinking or feeling that, uh, you know, it's it's all, like I had said, it, it's uh, it's fake or it's a, it's a put on or it's like the wolves getting pulled over uh their the fan base's eye or in the organization's eyes by like luck and circumstance and you know um i think you summed it up pretty pretty succinctly james i think this is a team that clearly every team in the league has its flaws and the rangers are no different um they're one of the youngest teams in the league so their young depth which right now their depth is mostly their you know that third line and and you could say players like Kako, depending on where they're playing, especially if they're playing on um, the second power play unit and some of the players on their back end are young and they have their flashes, but they're just not consistent gamers day in and day out. And but they keep winning because they do have some players at the peak of their powers in Igor, Panarin, Adam Fox. Um, they do have some, and like I said, you get the good, you get timely flashes from the young players and Kako and Lafreniere scoring timely goals and Keandre Miller with his offensive, uh, prowess. And so, yeah, I mean, I think they're, you know, I think everyone keeps saying, well, they're not as good as their record. It's like, yeah, but then again, I mean, they might be just as good as their record. You know, they're not, I think they're set where they're settling now. I mean, they clearly weren't going to win their <laughs> division, but you know, they have a good goaltender and uh, well, I, have, I have a question for you, yeah. Andy. What yeah, is but, like they're not as good as their record mean like for and and then you can't really with that. You can't really make the case that the Rangers never beat any of the good teams. They only beat the bad teams. Well, uh, you know, it, and then that, you can't say that they're they're not as good as their record. It's like, well, if they're better than all the bad teams and worse than all the good teams, which you're claiming their record states, kind of what you're then, supposed to be. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what. Well, you're Well, and to I be. think I think it goes to show that hockey is such a random game, and that Tampa can get waxed by the Ottawa Senators, and then the next night Buffalo can can wax the Senators. Does that mean Buffalo is better than the Senators and uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning? No, that's not the case. It's National Hockey League. No team is on. I think if anything, it's kind of seems pretty rare for uh, a team to be like just flat out better or at least to win the games against the lesser competition and then just, you know, struggle against the teams that are better than them. Because usually it's a mix. You kind of not you get some fluke wins against the teams that you're better than or you're not better than technically, if you want to even say that. But again, the parity in this league is so much that on any given night, any team in the National Hockey League can win. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it is what it is. But um, yeah, it's just, it does, it does seem like a portion of the fan base is very upset feeling like, 
I think there were there, there's a portion of this fan base is worried that um, the Rangers are ready to go to or feel they're ready to go to war, even though they're not. They don't have the ultimate the the troops in place or, you know, I don't know, or feel well, like they're going to make the same old mistakes. So which I can maybe understand. But again, I think you just have to have a healthy mindset and say, look, they. Uh, in the past two weeks, I thought they were the better team versus the Golden Knights, and they lost. Um, you know, and if you make it to a shootout, it's a coin flip. You know what I mean? So they lose in a, a shootout to the goal. You know, they gave up some some untimely goals there when they had leads. But uh, same thing with Tampa. You know, and yes, Brian Elliott probably spotted them a couple. You know, two goals. If you want to, you want to get technical about it. But at the same, you know, at the same time, it's like I thought. The game versus the Florida Panthers was played pretty evenly, and they had a lead. And then, you know, then the end, the, one of the best home teams in the NHL, one of the best teams in the league, just turned it on. The down best the stretch, home team. The, the best home team, and they just couldn't stop it. And that's kind of what happened in Edmonton, you know, early on. They, the Rangers had put a bunch of goals up on them. And but is anyone came. claiming that the Rangers are a top like five team in the league? No, and that's think, that's why that's what I think confuses me the most about this is that there's this whole thing is that like they see everyone being like, "Wow, man, the Rangers are doing great," and everyone's you know. Then you have a, a you know that vocal portion that's like, "Well, you can't be excited about it because it's not <laughs> real," and you're like, "Well, you know, it's just it's so stupid. It's just it, it's just you know people wanting to be naysayers." And look. I think, yes, it is a fool's errand to think that this team is a close to being a top flight, a true top flight contender. So you obviously you worry about them making too many moves or trading away too many assets that uh, say that. But again, if you look at a team that's able to because they have a good a good coach and they have some strong parts in already and developing parts and that they should hopefully get better from here on out because they're this good now. Imagine then how good they would be when, you know, I think all of their their depth, you know, all their depth players keep, you know, get closer to the, their mid-20s when they're, you know, can win more all their board battles and are more assertive and aren't thinking less. And there's less looking over their shoulder and looking left and right. And so what am I supposed to do with the puck in this situation? You know what I mean? And that's the thing. And that's, I think, the biggest thing I've noticed about the, the teams that are better than the Rangers is that when they're second and pairing and third pairing defensemen and their third liners get the puck, they know what to do with it immediately. Where I see some of the Rangers youngsters skating with it, skating with it, thinking, and then doing something. And then it either gets picked off or, you know, it gets, uh, they lose the race to the corner. And, and that just comes with time. So I'm not, I'm not too concerned about that, that anyway. You know, I think it's, uh, yeah, again, I think it's just I understand maybe the negativity coming off of the, the Lundquist era. But uh, yeah, I think it's you have to stop and smell the roses on this one. I, yeah, I mean, I, I couldn't agree with you more. It, it's just it's amazing, though, that, you know, I don't know why so many people are so mad that the Rangers are where they are, you know, in the standings and 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 where they are as a team. Are they mad that the Rangers were able to kind of flip this around after a couple of years? and? Are they bitter because we had some draft luck? Like, I, I don't know real all this hatred for the New York Rangers have come from. Listen, at home, we're 8-3-2. and two. Away, we're 12-5-2. and two. You could say what, what you want with, uh, you know, the Rangers against better teams. But listen, if we played a majority of our games against shittier teams for the first half, all right, well, then it is what it is. But, you know, the, the fact of the matter is that we split with Nashville. Uh, you know, we just beat Tampa. We split with Florida, with Toronto, 
we split with Toronto. Uh, yeah, really, the only true evidence that we don't belong in the the top tier group is that we got shellacked twice in a week against the Colorado Avalanche during a time that I called was you know you know we were uh, you know getting we're you know what is it when you ex- exercising the demons out of our system and you know I, you could have seen it a mile away we were beat up we had uh igor out it was just like a tough it was a tough couple weeks there in december and you knew you know kind of water was going to find its level a little bit with this team because there were so many pieces that were kind of overachieving and you know we were kind of just hanging on there by a thread so you know, that two week doesn't sum up our entire season. I mean, you know, we had some really good stretches there and we beat some very good teams. You know, we beat Boston. It's like, how, how many teams do we have to beat? Do we have to go undefeated against all the, the best teams in the league? I, I mean, I just, I, I just, <laughs> I don't, I don't see it. Like, I don't, I don't yeah. see why the Rangers are held to a different standard when, you know, you know, Tampa Bay just lost to Florida and then they lost to the Rangers. I guess they're not a good team anymore. Like we need to uh, write them off. They shouldn't even be a playoff team. Yeah, and like, then they'll be be like, well, they didn't have Vasilevsky and they didn't have uh, Kucherov. But then it's like, well, you know, the Rangers had, were missing Panarin for time and were missing Igor for time. And they still won games. So it's just, it's again, it's a moving goalpost. And yeah, maybe you can be like, well, this team doesn't generate enough shots, or their Corsi isn't good enough, or this or that, or whatever. But you know, I mean, it's weird. I found that the Rangers are winning most of their games, and I find that they're they're having a lead in most of these games, either in the middle of the second period or the third period, at least for better parts of the third period. So then, yeah, they're they're kind of getting outshot in the end or getting outchanced, not by much, but it's not as severe as it was a couple seasons ago, where I feel like it was forty shots every night. Right? Um, it's just, yeah, I think score effects are a thing, and I do think this is a team that. Uh, if we, you know, you, you can complain about it all you want, but when you have Panarin and Fo- like heady players like Panarin and Fox and Strom and shooters like Zabanajad and Kreider who can tip, sometimes you're going to not get a lot of shots, but you're going to be very good at capitalizing on the high danger chances you do get when you get them. And that's the Rangers. They're definitely a quality over quantity team. You know what I mean? Because, and then I, I, I guess I would argue the reverse of that is that Everyone remembers for years, Carolina could it was getting close to making the playoffs, but they can never make it. And it's like, I don't understand. Their Corsi is so good, yet they would take they would spam a million shots from the outside, but they just couldn't convert, you know, and or you have a team like the Kraken who they're listen, their goaltending has been abysmal and they can't generate shit for offense, but they're such a good five on five defensive team and they're good in transition and they're good at at least they can generate uh, chances they just can't generate true quality so it's like what would you and they're not going to make the playoffs so it's what would you rather be you know what i mean it's like scoring goals in the nhl is hard and getting you know yes i understand the best teams do both they have they possess the puck they generate a lot of chances and then they end up capitalizing on said chances but yeah, you have to. That's a rung the Rangers have yet to reach. They they're climbing their way there, but they you could. It's easy to see that they still you know will like you said with their they still have some depth. Uh, yeah, some unmaturated depth, and eventually, once they uh, either through trades or just the the passage of time with Kako and Lafreniere and Keandre Miller getting a year you know more years of older and Nils Lundqvist, they're gonna they're gonna be better. So. Just enjoy where they're at right now. 
Yeah, and if you're a Ranger hater, we can talk about you know the flaws that you see in the Rangers. I mean, yeah, they have they I, definitely a flaw. They have a lot of flaws. Yeah, I mean, I listen. I, we're not going to win shit. We're not going to win anything in the playoffs. It's Dryden Hunt's on our second line with Panarin and Strom. Like that's no. clear. I mean that 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 has kind of ran its course. Uh, and I here's I just want to ask you, Igor, since coming back from his injury, has been all right. A little. You know, he's 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 let some sh- shots through that I think he should he's stopping earlier in the year coming off of not playing for so long. Right. Mm-hmm. If he's playing the way he's playing early in the year, do you think the Rangers hold on and beat Florida? Maybe. Do you think they even make it to the shootout in Tampa? You know, some of the goals he spot like he spotted them. He you know, he had some clear sighted ones that just kind of got through him and he was just kind of off, you know? Yeah, but I mean, I, it's so hard to say because no, exactly. It, it it's like so you know you, you, you it, I don't know. It's like the butterfly effect. You change one thing, I mean, fifty things could change. Um, you know, I, I do think the Rangers do have like a penalty problem. We take untimely penalties, like penalties at the worst time, and I feel like they're almost unnecessary. It's not like we're stopping a goal from being scored. We gotta have to work on that. Thank God our, you know, PK and penalty, uh, power play have been, you know, pretty good to kind of stick us out of some holes. But, you know, overall, I, listen, we lack depth and our second and third line are kind of, you know, I question some of the players on there. Like Hunt can't be on our second line. I know they moved uh, uh, Goudreau up there. Uh, you know, our third line doesn't really produce. It doesn't score, although, like, you know, they do produce, you know, some chances, but they don't score consistent enough to be a, a a good third line and kind of be uh, our plan B when things are, you know, going that great for our top guys. Uh, you know, our, we have defensive lapses, you know, you know, Miller struggles at times, you know, we don't know what we have out of uh, Nils Lundqvist yet uh, because he's playing with, you know, Patrick Nemeth. And, you know, there's just so many question marks right now all, all over this roster. You know, Igor is coming back from an injury. What is he going to be like, you know? Uh, it just, there's a lot, there's a lot to take in with this team and, you know, the people that want to bash them, it's low hanging fruit. I don't think anyone's really making the argument that the Rangers are the best team top to bottom roster wise in the NHL. I don't even think you can even make the case that, listen, we're a tier two team in this league and we're, we've been lucky enough to beat the teams that we're supposed to beat. And that was, you know, sort of our mantra going into this season. It's like. Listen, there's no excuse now to be losing to the, the Ottawa Senators, to, you know, the, the bottom feeders of this team, of this league. And, you know, we've done a great job so far. So I think that's what a lot of Ranger fans are kind of applauding. Yeah, we have flaws. Are we going to make a trade at the deadline? Probably because we have a ton of assets and we certainly need help. And, you know, Andy, I'll ask you this question. I, I know my answer. You know, if the playoffs started right now and you look at the standings, right now the Rangers would play Washington Capitals. Are you confident that the Rangers could beat the Washington Capitals in a seven game series? Uh, it's possible. It's not likely, I think, right now, but I think Washington's clearly a better team. But that being said, it's weird because they only really faced him, him, them in their first game up of the year on the road with a new coach and new personnel. And it was clearly very helter skelter. Uh, and they've made a lot of strides. You know, I, it's weird because I always talk about game management with Gallant where it's like, 
it's I haven't really seen the Rangers get that like they've maybe not been as good as the other teams, but they haven't gotten outplayed in a in a while, right? And that doesn't and I think sometimes and I think the way like we as fans we say, well, it's like they score four goals and we only score two goals, so we got outplayed. Well, it's not really because you could two teams could play similarly, but if a team converts on their chances, you know what I mean? It's like, does that mean you know, yes, obviously that's a part of playing well is converting on your chances, but it's like for the most part, they've just kind of I feel like and we say this all the time is that the Rangers, it's like every game they play, it seems like their opponent is kind of the same. You know, I it's it's been very few times, you know, they had some games obviously early in the year when they needed a big win, they they uh for the better part of two periods, they kind of waxed the Panthers and then the Panthers turned it on in the end, but just couldn't get the goals they needed. And then they both times I think they played uh, Columbus, they really, um, you know, ran them out of the building. But other than that, it's like, yeah, I feel like any team the Rangers play right now, they just kind of keep the game in front of them from a game management. And it just kind of seems like they're, they're both teams are in the mix. And it's like who squeaks out the that extra goal, you know? So, yeah, I think as as it relates to the Rangers, it's just one of those things where. Like you had mentioned earlier, I think that they're whether they're playing the Ottawa Senators, it might look close, but I don't think that's reflective or whether they play the Nashville Predators and it comes down to one goal. Like, I don't think it's reflective well, of who, where they're at as a team. It's I think. funny you brought that game up that against, against Nashville. I thought the Rangers outplayed Nashville. Yeah. And we just, just couldn't score. I think we like, that was one of the, and Georgia was great. Yeah. It was just Saros was a little bit better. And the Rangers had one breakdown because their rookies got a little mixed up and they went for a walk. I think Nemeth, Lundqvist kind of didn't know where he was supposed to be, and Nemeth kind of wasn't paying attention and screened Georgiev, and just the it was a shot from the blue line, and it kind of went in, and there's traffic, and that's it. And sometimes yeah. that's all it takes in this league, and that's that's why I think I get the most upset is that it's because it's like it's there's this seems to it's almost like a a self fulfilling selective like you can be upset about things and you can be positive about things, but you have to check your own biases. And what I usually try to do. It's like, uh, and our, our Gibby who is just on the podcast has a, likes to sing a little song when things are, when things are emotional and heated, he'll slow himself down and he'll go one, two, three, four. What am I so angry for? <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, three, two, one, one, two, three. What the heck is bothering me? You know? So, <laughs> Uh, I think it's just if you're because yeah, we all have our, our fanny knee jerk reactions like this team stinks. They can't do anything. They didn't score goals. You know, the, the third line's not doing shit. Zabanajad, whatever. And then usually I'll go back. I'll feel that way in the moment because I'm like, it's the game. And then I'll go back and rewatch the game sometimes just on like on MSG Go or whatever. And I'll be like, oh, you know what? We didn't play as bad as I thought. And sometimes it's like, wow, I can't believe we won. We, uh, we weren't as good as I thought. You know, so it's just it's hockey. It's just, you know, yeah, I, it's just yeah. And that's the thing. The longer this goes on, because now we're in the new year. And if it just keeps going for the Rangers here, at what point do you say, well, it's like you're saying that the Rangers Mr. Magood their way through an entire NHL regular season? Because I feel like it's like they haven't, you know, at first it was it was goaltendings bailing them out. But then they had Georgiev and Net with Igor down. And then they had you know, Igor back and not playing his best. It's like, at what point do you get to say, oh, well, you know, maybe it's not that. Maybe it's just they're a team that wins more games than they lose. And 
Uh, they aren't always great, but they also can score timely goals sometimes and get it to the, this is a team that can make it to overtime, even if they if they're ahead and then they against a better team and the better team evens it up. At least they get point. They get points now in, in, in the, you know, and they make it to the shootout. So I don't know. That seems like a, I feel like the good teams at least make it to the shootout. You know what I mean? Whereas I Rangers of the last few years, I feel like. They barely played in overtime because they were either getting blown out or they they won their games, you know? Yeah, and, you know, and this week will be certainly a huge test for them. They have, you know, the Tampa Bay Lightning today at 1230. Uh, they have the Edmonton Oilers tomorrow at 7. And then there's a couple days off and they go on a West Coast trip and they play Vegas, Anaheim, and then next week they end with uh, the LA Kings on Monday. It's just, it, it for me, all right, look at looking at this week, you know, Tampa Bay and Edmonton on a back-to-back, you know, that's tough. I mean, they just beat Tampa on the road. They come home. Tampa's obviously going to be seeking a little bit of revenge. They're on a little bit of a losing streak. You know, the law of averages say that Tampa Bay's probably going to win this game today. Then you go on a back-to-back and you have to play Edmonton. You know, Edmonton seems to be on the tail end of their road trip. So I'm sure they're looking to get, to get home and they'd, you know, like to get home with a win. Um, but they're also, they've been really bad defensively recently. Um, and Mike Smith hasn't been good for them. So, um, yeah, no, it's listen again, it's all teams have their, have their crosses to bear right now. Exactly. Exactly. And then, you know, they play the golden Knights and uh, you know, the Knights are, you know, I feel like the, the golden Knights are one of the biggest question marks in the NHL. I, I think they can be a very, very good team. But they also are deeply flawed too, you know. They yeah, you know, and now they, now Pacioretty's out uh, indefinitely with he had wrist surgery, right? So exactly, and he, and he's know, been I, one of their best scoring uh, forwards. Yeah, and, and you know who knows what they are when Eichel comes back in. They could be, you know, they could be a wagon or they can be, you know, a, a shell or an empty suit. So who knows? And you know, Anaheim, they're certainly playing great hockey and overachieving for the year, but you know they're winning games. You know, I. I you know, I feel like Anaheim gets applauded for overachieving, right? Oh, it's Zegras. He's do great for the NHL. He's the best thing that ever happened since, you know, sliced bread. This, uh, this is unbelievable. The Rangers do well, and they're like, it's fake. It's not real. Like, don't buy the hype. You know, the NHL just, you know, kissing the New York Rangers' ass. Like, I just feel like, I don't know. The Rangers are getting bashed on, and I'm, I'm kind of here to defend them a little bit. Listen, I will be the which first, is rare for you, <laughs> right? Because I'll be the first to rip them apart. But you, you got to be justified, and you got to be able to back up. You know the flaws with the New York Rangers. There are plenty of them, and you know I don't mind doing every single podcast the, talking about the flaws, right? You know everyone wants to talk about the negative, and the sky is falling. You know, geez, we love this as a country talking about how bad things are. I would love to sit here and talk shit about the Rangers all day long, but I'm changing my tune. Because too many people are now talking shit about the Rangers. So I'm going to talk about the positives. And the fact of the matter is they win hockey games. They beat exactly who they're supposed to beat. They play 500 hockey against the best teams in the NHL. I know I'm going to see the record. There are three and like 12 against winning two. I don't even know what the hell that is. But the fact of the matter is you look at their schedule. They split with the best teams in the league. And, you know, they're only given the schedule that they can play. So... I don't see what the big deal is. I mean, this week will be a huge test, a huge test. And, you know, again, I don't know what the Rangers are. I Like, I really don't know if they're going to be able to compete in the playoffs if they keep, 
you know, the Dryden hunts on the second line. It, it just, yeah, there's a lot of flaws and a lot of holes that you can poke, but you know, we're not at the trade deadline yet. So this isn't the team I think we're going to be going into the playoffs with. So, you know, right now I just want the Rangers to be able to keep this spot and kind of tread water. Cause we're right there. We're at the top of the standings in terms of the league. So yeah, they're the second best home team, uh, excuse me, road team in the league, I think. And uh, again, I think for everything that's made, it's like, well, why is this player made playing in this spot? It's like, well, did you remember when they did try the Alexi Lafreniere's and, uh, you know, with the first line and it didn't really work out and they did try to move you know, Gautier up or this and it just they weren't really generating much. Again, this is a team that is just finding ways to win, but it just doesn't. They're not dominating. I don't think any of their lines outside of the Panarin line are really dominating at times now. You know, the, the, yeah, the and it's like Panarin what is Gallant? Pairing. What is Gallant supposed to do? Like, yeah, it, he can only you can only miss so much. And then you have your players in press conference saying, "Well, I really appreciate that he's not. We're not moving all the lines because they've been subject to that under David Quinn for for years, and it it messes with your confidence basically." So. You know, Capo's happy. He's playing on the first line, and Mika, you know, who started. Uh, I think he got he took a sh- blocked a shot and was hurt in the tail end of that second period the other day. So when the the power the Rangers got a power play, he went out to take Mika's spot at, for the first unit. You know how good that probably makes him feel. You know what I mean? Or confident that like, yeah, I'm next man up, even though I'm not playing, getting first PP time. I'm the guy. If Mika was or one of these guys goes down, right? And, and that's and that's I think the biggest thing. Um, you know, I. And again, I think we've talked about the third line struggled. You know who I think has been the best player in the third line for the last couple of games? I think heedle has been, uh, I don't know what's happened to him. He's, he's going in the wrong direction. But I thought Lafreniere has been the best player in that line because I think he's been hustling. I think he has better vision than the other two. So he'll make passes to them that they can't convert on or they're not in the, a good position to receive. Uh yeah, I think he's starting to outgrow that line a little bit. So I wouldn't be averse to maybe trying him up with. Has he played with Panarin and Strom yet on the wing? He should try it. I think was that last year? Laf- they they might have tried him a little bit last year, but yeah, but different. you know, this is a new year and he's moving his feet more. I I know Panarin and Strom like a, someone who can muck it up and get pucks back to them. So I understand why they like Dryden Hunt there, but um. But he's yeah, just also, overmatched. He's overmatched. He's just not skilled enough. Like I think he'll those two can slow the Strom and Panarin can slow the game down and know how to get it find each other using the boards and the perimeter to their advantage. And I think Hunt tries to play the part, but he's forces a lot more plays because he's just not as natural, doesn't have the vision or skill of those two. Um but yeah, I I don't know. I think maybe trying Lafreniere there might be good now because what is Lafreniere's best skill right now in the NHL? Is that He's always in, in good positions. You know, everyone gets mad at him for scoring goals that seem to always be tap-ins. Well, then why is he the only one? Why is he the only one who finds himself in that position around pucks that are rebounding or going the other way? Why is he always there? Because he's smart. He's His skating isn't NHL ready, or I wouldn't say ready, but his skating isn't NHL uh, positive yet. It's I think it's his biggest hindrance right now, or at least his not having his man strength to win board battles. And just not having that extra step or gear that Kako just got in the last year is what hurts him the most. But he's smart. He has good vision. He can make good passes. And he knows where to be in dangerous areas because he's got hockey sense. So why not try him with those two? I don't know. I think it could be uh, it could maybe be fruitful. But again, 
Well, I said These that are- last podcast, and I said yeah. I'd rather live and die with Lafreniere on the second line than to watch this hunt experiment continue. Although Gaudreau seemed solid when he had some playing time up there, yeah. and I know he was energized to be playing against his old team. And yeah, obviously and I mean, hell of a night. Yeah, it's funny. You look. I think we, another thing is that we've seen a lot of Rangers when playing against their former clubs be really energized. Uh, you know, uh, Panarin when he played again has been excellent every time he faces Bobrovsky. <laughs> you know, he has that insane goal. Uh, he's he uh, he's posterized the Blackhawks and the Blue Jackets every time the Rangers have played them this year. So just it's just funny how that works. But um, yeah, I think Goudreau at this point he's shown that he he could be a good on the third line. He should that's where he should be. I think you move Lafreniere out and you put Goudreau there. Hell, you can put Goudreau in the middle and then he'll put Heedle on the wing. I think that'll be better. Put Goudreau, Heedle and uh cuz I think those guys have all have just enough hockey sense and skill. I just think when with Lafreniere with with it being three younger guys, I think Goudreau is a guy who maybe his Goudreau is a guy who is is more com- is confident more poised and smarter than he is skilled, if that makes sense. But he can, you know, you see him come up good in big moments because it doesn't bother him. You know, hence why I think he's a guy whose value really comes out in late moments of games and on leads and and, and in the playoffs. And then you have the kids where it's like, you know, early on they were generating so much with their hustle, but like they're gripping their sticks too hard and everything's too rushed or too quick or the timing's just slightly off. So I think maybe he could be good to slow that line down and just to to calm them down, you know. So yeah, yeah. But again, no, these I, are all working theories. This is a team that's winning, and we're still searching for the answers. So there's a great spot to be in. Hockey fans, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has a no-brainer offer that'll make you a winner once any shot gets past the goalie. New customers can bet just one dollar on any NHL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores. And since the NHL got rid of ties in 2005, you know someone's just going to light the lamp. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, no worries. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code THPN, throw down $1 on any NHL game, and win 100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. That's promo code THPN, this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, please call 1-800-GAMBLING. You know, I think you and I are both on the same page where there will probably be a move at the trade deadline yeah. to bring in a depth piece, pieces, hopefully. And, you know, we, we talked about the sexier names of, you know, Patrick Kane, uh, Giroux, but... You know, I don't think the Rangers even need that much. Like I, we we yeah. said this constantly, the Rangers really don't need much. I mean, they need they need a defenseman. I would take that number one. Find a defenseman that can play just third pairing minutes and just be a little bit more sound than Patrick Nemeth. I mean, the, the guy's just a train wreck. And then you know, give me a middle six forward. You know, it doesn't have to be crazy. I prefer you know a second line, a legit second liner. But yeah. 
uh, again, nothing, it doesn't need to be sexy because yeah. I know we're pressed up against the cap. I know eventually we're going to have to sign some of these guys, but you know, I also do think, you know, it, it's not fair to improve this roster. It's not fair to Igor. It's not fair to give this team a legit sh- chance to win a playoff round. Uh, and because it wouldn't really take much. No, you're absolutely right. And yeah, I think most people know that the Rangers, A, probably need a better defenseman t- for that third pair to play with Nils. Um, and they need a bona fide middle six two-way forward. Like you said, preferably guy who's really more of a second line guy. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's hard to know. Will they, even though he was kind of like the guy they were really gunning for. But, you know, you look at Seattle, if you can get some... I don't know. Would they be willing to part with Yanni Gord if you offered them, you know, three, two or three young, really enticing pieces? You know what I mean? Because they need, you know, it's it's good nice to have them. What's up? They yeah. need to build something over there. Yeah. Not- or if you wonder, it's can now with Eichel about to come in, can Vegas afford to have a guy like William Carlson? You know what I mean? Uh, can will would Tampa be willing to part with? Sorelli, although probably not because they're going for it while their window's open. So I, I wouldn't even say that. But yeah, I think it's just one of those things where, you know, and obviously I hope the Rangers try to stay away from paying, overpaying for like a, you know, I don't know, like a Luke Lindenning or something or like a Scott Lawton, even though those players are nice in, or at least Lawton would, would be nice. Although I feel like Lawton ends up being another just uh, Barkley Goodrow in a cheaper form. You know what I mean? Where you hope they you want them to get a forward who has at least a little bit more offense to their game. So, yeah, it's kind of a uh, it's it's tough to know, especially because I think there are teams that still think they're in the mix. It will, it'll be interesting to see which teams eventually give up on the dream as we you know get into the new year here, and they they slowly they fall farther and farther from the playoff picture. Yeah, I mean January should be. You know, it's like a sorting month, I feel like. I mean, the teams that are have a legit chance. I mean, even if you look, I know, you know, the Eastern Conference is very top heavy. Obviously, Carolina, Washington, Tampa and Florida and Toronto are, are, are locks pretty much for the playoffs. You notice how I didn't say the Rangers are locks, but, you know, the Rangers are in a very good position. Pittsburgh's in a very good position. And, you know, I think that second wild card spot is going to be, you know, uh, you know, a battle, you know, you look at, you know, the teams that were going to be fighting for it. You know, I, I think Philly will be on the outside looking in, unfortunately, but you know, Boston's right there. Detroit's right there. Boston's very interesting to me because I feel like, you know, if they can't win right now, if they can't get into the playoffs with the roster they have, I just don't see them getting any better. Like, can they afford to improve? Like, are they going to have to, you know, shed some of their players a little bit? I, I don't know. Like, I, I feel like, Boston is at a uh, fork in the road and they're going to take, you know, obviously a left or a right. And, you know, I just, I don't know. I just, yeah, think- you're, I think you're absolutely right. They're the one team, I think, uh, especially when I look at the Rangers, I look at that. Obviously, Pittsburgh could maybe make up that ground, but uh, in that last wild card spot is with, is uh, Detroit with uh, 33 points in 32 games played. So the Rangers have like nine more points. Um, or excuse me, no, they have 11 more points. Excuse my math is hard. I, again, I'm drinking my coffee. Give, please bear with me. Um, 
So yeah, they have a nice little cushion there that even if they have the worst a horrible skid, they at least may be worse. They can, you know, cling to dear life to that final wild card spot. But yeah, I mean, yeah, Buffalo lost again yesterday, right? They played um uh, they lost to the Bruins, didn't they? Uh did the Bruins I Oh no, I mean uh, I mean the Bruins lost to, to to the Sabres yesterday, right? No, no, they won in overtime, Boston. Oh, they did. Okay. Yeah, I, think I was watching yeah. that game. I thought uh, they were up. Uh, Buffalo did have a lead there for a bit. Yeah, I saw that nice uh, feed from Krebs to uh, Alex Tuck, which was pretty cool. Um, yeah. yeah so, no, so yeah, that, you're right, James. They're a team that's like they're basically this will. Uh, this I think this this is probably determines their course from here on out. You know, especially with there's questions about will Bergeron what will Bergeron do after this year, and um, they clearly. Their depth is and their defense has been nowhere near good enough, and their goaltending hasn't been. It's been okay, but it hasn't been all that good. Yeah, and you know, again, there's you know, and then Columbus and the Devils and the Islanders are kind of all in that mix. I mean, they all they all can, they're all in position to get that second wild card spot. Um, you know, with Detroit having thirty three points, and then you know, even goes all the way down to Buffalo with twenty six points. Like I. I that that's not a lock, you know. There's not a you know. I know Detroit is playing you know well, and their rookies are are having a hell of a season, and you know they're getting you know they're getting wins, but still, it's it's a tough. They can't win on the road. Uh, you know, they obviously can't play all their games at home, and it's just one of those teams that you know I could see the wheels kind of falling off as the the grind of the the full season you know comes to comes to light, and you know Philly's another one. You know, I I, I don't know what what they're going to you know end up doing if they're going to be sellers at the deadline which kind of would make me think that they're pretty much out for the playoffs it would make sense to sell a few of their pieces since you know they kind of they need long-term help rather than uh short-term relief uh you know columbus always a gritty team you know they don't really quit but you know really a non-threat uh i think new jersey i know we had just had the gibby on but i i honestly believe New Jersey, when healthy, they have the pieces to go on a little bit of a run. And, you know, you're talking about 29 points to 33 points. It's only four. You know, they can make up that ground, you know, within a week. So I wouldn't write New Jersey off uh, just yet. You know, let them get healthy and, uh, you know, let's see what they do at the deadline also. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's, you know, very interesting, the Eastern Conference. I know you you look out West, you know, Andy, I don't know, man. I, I look at the West and yeah, St. Louis is a great team. Nashville, tough team. Vegas, again, will Eichel come in and Pacioretty now out? They're just a question mark to me. Anaheim, Calgary, Edmonton in the wild card. LA in a wild card. Colorado on the outside looking in, which they'll probably leapfrog LA. But still, it's like, I don't know. You know, I I, again, I don't know. There's a lot of question marks, which makes me believe that the Rangers are more there than they aren't, if that makes any sense. Yeah, that's the thing. I think, you know, it's obviously easy for us to, as Ranger fans, to, because we're most familiar with our team, to to think that we know what, like, we project our insecurities of the team or what I think their short, we think their shortcomings are on the team, and we think we have a good idea about what other fan bases go or or what other you know teams are based on if they play us not seeing all the the 81 or you know 80 other games they play against every other team in the league where they don't have it or you know i mean right now tampa is a team that if you look at 
right now I would say, man, you know, Tampa hasn't looked as strong or as good as they have in years past. But I would be a fool to not think that they, you know, getting Vasilevsky back and once they have Kucherov back, that they could just turn on that switch again. You know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, I just think that, you know, we... You, you think you have a good read on your team as it relates to the rest of the league. But I think sometimes you don't really know. You think you're the only team that has it bad or you're the only team or you think you're a world beater until you get punched in the mouth. So it's just how that thing goes. I think early on, uh, Toronto fans thought their team was absolute garbage. And then they they, you know, they just they kept trending upwards. And now they're seen as a bona fide cup contender. And then also you'd say the same thing about the Edmonton Oilers. Like we're going to, we're going to, we're going to win the cup going away here. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, we score five goals, but we give up six and we keep losing, you know? So, um, yeah, you know, so every team has their, their, their problems. And so if you could say, if you're like, well, has the Rangers, how has the Rangers defense been their biggest problem? It's like, well, no, not really. You know, they, they give up some unfortunate goals at times, but, for the most part, they lose, you know, they're not spotting too many goals. It's not like they're leaking goals like, you know, Edmonton and the Flyers and some of these other teams. And it's like, well, has their goal scoring been a problem? It's like, yeah, I guess at times, but they've also scored a lot of goals. So it's like, oh, so it sounds like a team that's like pretty good, you know? It's like... Right, which is exactly what our record and our where we are in the standings. Yeah, they look like a team that they don't always get the goals they need or sometimes they, they sometimes give up the goals they shouldn't. But for the most part, they get some when they need them and they keep it out of their net when they, even if they're getting peppered with shots. <laughs> like, you know, I don't know. So yeah, and I, I, listen, I understand you. I think there's this idea that it's like, that they should have a, a an, the best Corsi and, or be a top 10 Corsi team and be a, uh, you know, a, top in terms of uh expected goals you know against and you know how much uh scoring chances they generate they should be among the tops of the league and they're not there yet but they're a good converting team and they're have good goaltending but it hasn't it's been a while since i don't think it's been you know the igor was clearly bailing them out for the or keeping them afloat for those first two weeks to three weeks of the season but it hasn't really been that for a while now right like I, I, at least in my personal opinion, I don't think it's like I don't think Georgiev had to save them throughout his stretch. And clearly, since he's come back, it you know Igor hasn't been the only one keeping them in these games. You know, yeah, and even like before that, like I, I would never say Igor really won us games like Hank did. You know, I know people want to favor that narrative because that's been the narrative for so long with this team and this organization. But uh, again, like. Yeah, Igor definitely won us games, but there was never a time where I'm like, well, thank God we have goaltending because we would have never won that game. It's always been like the Rangers, you know, it's more so, I think, the Rangers struggling to score consistently has been the, the bigger issue. I mean, as a team defensively, I think we're much better this year. Yeah, we got great goaltending, but, you know, maybe Igor is just a great goalie. Like, yeah, we give up more shots than you know maybe then we we get shots on goal but you know maybe that's because you know our our scoring depth isn't really there this season maybe we just don't have um you know the, the power play click in that game like there's so many different things that the rangers like it, it, there's no one thing that you can point to with this team like Igor, yes, has he won us games? But how many great goalies? How many games has Vasilevsky won the Tampa Bay Lightning when they just didn't have it? Like, great goalies win you games. That's what they do. That's what makes them great. And 
You know, you can't say that that's why the Rangers are good is because they got a goalie that bails them out. Just like you can't say, you know, Panarin, you know, Panarin, that he's the only reason we win because, you know, he scores a bunch of goals and, and creates plays. And like, yeah, I mean, that's going to happen because he's a great player. That's what great players do. They are difference makers on any given night. They can win you the game and put their team on their back. You know, Fox is the same way. You know, how many times have you seen the Rangers get off to a slow start and then there's a fast break by Fox and he comes down on a, you know, a three on two with, you know, you know, Panarin or something and was able to make a cross ice play tape to tape and they score a backdoor goal. Like Zibanejad does the same thing. Like that's what makes you great. That doesn't make you a flawed team because you rely on great players. That's what wins you Stanley Cups. So great players making great plays and being the difference maker on any given night. And, you know, listen, the Rangers are full of flaws. But one of the flaws is certainly not, you know, whether or not they're a good team. They're a good team. They're not a great team. But they certainly can beat anyone on any given night because they do have those horses. And, you know, I don't know, Andy. And you you look at the, how the league is set up right now and just, especially out West where like, like I want to just say like, honestly, like fuck them. Like we can compete with anybody. I I really truly believe that whether we're better than teams consistently in a seven games series, that's going to be tough. But I also, I'm not going to say we're going to battle with our current roster. I still think we're going to make moves. And if we make moves, yes, we can beat anybody. Yeah. And again, it'll be interesting to see how the players they acquired, like the Goudreaux and the, um, yeah, the Dryden Hunts and their fourth line step up in that time or, you know, actually start proving their worth more for what the reasons they were acquired for. Um, you know, it's unfortunate that Sammy Blay went down because it's kind of hard to know what trajectory his season would have taken because he had some right. some really promising moments early on. Right. Um, absolutely and would he be a big especially because he has some vision and patience and poise like he might have been you know if imagine he's on that the second line right now or maybe he makes his way up to the first line because him and mika seem to have a little you know would click sometimes so yeah it's just hard to know so they're you know but again they're gallant and i'm reading as we're recording this i'm reading uh the pregame presser from him and he has a pretty you know because obviously the the narrative of like teams are beat. It's like, Oh, well now Vasilevsky might be a net. And he's like, listen, like we're a good team. Like we have, we're not perfect, but we have 20 wins in 32 games. Um, you know, I'm only worried about our team. I think this is a good league. I don't care who we beat. It's about winning and we win. So, um, Wow, yeah. all these people sound like Tampa really relies on their goaltending to win games. They can't yeah. do it without Vasilevsky. That's what I'm going to. That's man. what I'm going to say. And I just think it's again, it comes from narratives. And listen, even the media is kind of in on it too because they look at it's a buzzy thing. It's like, oh, these are the only teams they beat. But uh, yeah, I mean, again, it doesn't. I, I keep saying that this is a team that just plays the game that's in front of them. That's all they can do, and that's what Gallant tries to stress. He kind of, and I think he removes that from the equation to insulate his players from that this type of stuff. Because it comes from the fan base, it can come from media because it's buzzable and talk worthy and creates discussion and, you know, generates interest. But his job is to separate them from that. And I think he does a great job. I mean, you know, he just downplays it sometimes dismissively, but to, to for a good reason, because this is the stuff that can kind of get in the heads and infect the, the, the locker room. You know, these mentalities are, are we as good as we think players players pretend not to pay attention to this stuff, but they do. They just don't let us, they don't want to give the satisfaction of knowing that they do, you know, I think it would be foolish to think they don't. 
Um, so yeah. Oh, and it also seems like we might actually see Barclay Goodrow playing with Panarin and Strom. So who knows? Maybe he, maybe he's good there. You know. So um, yes, yeah, again, it's a shame we couldn't uh, record this podcast after, but you know, true life gets in the way sometimes. Uh, once uh, this podcast starts paying my electric bill, then I will you know be able to prioritize these things but um (laughs) but yeah so i mean i don't have really much else to talk about obviously i hope that in this game that they're about to play um they kind of prove us right and they hang in there and at least it's competitive even if they whether it's win lose or draw you know that's all you can really hope for and uh, that's all i can really hope for for the rest of the season so yeah. yeah, and uh, I, I do want to end uh, a couple things. The reason why we're not really recording this after the game, which would make sense, is because I'm so currently going to be celebrating Christmas because, uh, you know, obviously COVID uh, kind of ruined that. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. Also, Andy, uh, the outdoor game, I, I, I'd be remiss if I didn't complain. I or not really complain. I really I don't really enjoy the outdoor game. And I know we've had this discussion before. But I wanted to, you know, get it on the podcast and just get your thoughts on it. I, I don't really care. I, it's so, it's the same talking points every single game. You know, it, there's nothing new. I mean, literally the biggest talking point I saw, at least on Twitter, I don't get TNT, so I didn't get a, even a chance to watch it other than clips, obviously, of highlights and the goals and stuff like that. But if the biggest talking point is the wearing is Talbot wearing the beanie on on his uh, or the snow hat, whatever it is, on like that can't be the biggest thing. Yeah, like like that was the that's that's all we got out of that, which has already been done. It's like we're just recycling. We're recycling every single talking point. Yeah, it's a it's a gimmick. I mean, you know, and I guess it yes, it works for them. I mean, it, it kind of it's like the I, the concept is cool and the idea around it's cool. And then the execution is never maybe as good. Obviously, every now and then you get cool moments like it starts snowing during the game. So you get that 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 vision or that image, which is kind of cool. But then you watch the game itself and you're like, ah, oh, this is not as good as watching a regular game. It's kind of like if, right. if you're a pro wrestling fan, it's like hell in the cell or something or you have some big gimmicked up match which is like to get people there but the quality is never the match quality is never as good as like say just a normal plain old you know pro wrestling match because it's all like you know it's all gimmicks and this and that and but then you realize well oh it's in this cool stadium which means the camera's farther away so it's kind of hard to see harder to see and you know and i've been to two of them yeah i've same same here and it's again i I will say this, I, at, especially the last one, and apparently this was the coldest winter classic in history was uh, the one that was, it was like minus five or something, the one uh, against St. Louis in Minnesota. So going to the one versus the Sabres for the Rangers a couple seasons ago, it was freezing. And if they, I will say this, if they didn't, the Rangers didn't win that game in overtime, I probably would have said this was a waste. I don't know why I went to this. I was just cold and because you're well, far away and you can yeah you're watching the game but then there's it was during the day so there were shadows i think it's definitely better to do it when it's like dark out because then you could just have the floodlights and you can actually see where sun and shadows were making it kind of hard during a day game um but yeah once the you get philly one where they won in the shootout well that's that was that was a good one i definitely obviously. or wait did they win the shootout or they stopped the penalty no they they stopped yeah, hank yeah, stopped the brier the penalty shot and they they right. held on for the win Yes, I went to that. That was cool, but that was when the Rangers were cool. Like they had a 
a cool swagger. It was a cooler time. You know, they were, I thought they were like, you know, it was just, I don't know. It was different. Uh, and then I went to the Rangers at Yankee stadium against the Islanders yeah. and holy shit was that cold. Uh, yeah. we spent most of the time in the bathroom, uh, especially in between periods, just trying to warm up. Uh, you know, it, it was just, uh, it was a mess. It was really, really tough to actually sit in the stands and enjoy the game. Cause like you said, you're far away. You can't really get into it. Um, the sound is actually off. Like when you, like we were so far back, I felt like that you could, you know, hear, you know, a, a slap shot and it would take a second for it to get to you. Like that's how far away it was. But, uh, you know, it, it was just, you know, I don't know. They're not enjoyable to me. I don't know why it's, if you enjoy it, good. That's great. I hope you I hope you enjoy it, and uh, I hope your team plays every single outdoor game. It's just for me, the Rangers. They never played another one. That'd be fine with me. It's like again, I do like the game. I'm, it's one of those things that I'm like, oh, it's cool that it exists, but the execution is never as as cool. I guess it's good for the fan of the team watching it because you're kind of like excited your team's doing something a little different. But as just as a neutral fan, it's kind of. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I didn't even watch the game. I watched the highlights, but, uh, you know, it's, it's, I mean, maybe there are families that they make it a tradition to watch it no matter what. So that's might be cool. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Again, it's, it's, it's a gimmick and that's all it is. And, you know, but, uh, hey, listen, St. Louis looks great. Uh, they could, they're definitely, uh, could win a cup this year. Uh, very shrewd moves by them. Obviously, the Buchnevich trade hurts more and more by the day, but it is what it is. Uh, they were never going to be able to pay them with the contracts they're locked into, so they just ripped the band-aid off. Um, yeah, uh, I guess that's really that's pretty much it. Again, I, I hope the Rangers can continue to be competitive, and I don't need, again, unlike most of this fan base, I don't need them to just beat the wheels off every team that's in front of them, or at least you know look dominant all the time. You, they're going to lose games they deserve to win, and they're going to win games they deserve to lose. It's just hockey. I'm not going to get in too hung up on it and just enjoy the fact that they might actually take a step here and at least establish a new a baseline for them for what's acceptable for their hockey club, which is a culture thing, which is the hardest thing to, to, to have because there's how many teams right now lack that culture or have been losing for forever. You know, and I think there's a there's a bit of a misconception that sometimes that that's only done by like having, you know, that. It's like only if you have a uh, good possession time and whatever, this and that, you know, I don't, or that like if the underlying metrics have to make that, you know, true. Where again, I think the Rangers are a team that generate, uh, they don't generate a ton of chances, but they generate good quality when they can. And they're very good at converting because they have, uh, yeah, they have players like Zabanajad and Kreider and Panarin and, and Strom, who that's their bread and butter. Just a, a, a timely tip, a beautiful master play by Panarin, a snipe by Mika. That's just kind of the team they are, you know? So, yeah, I'm not hung up on it. I'm just enjoying the ride. I hope that coming to this year, like you said, this is a tough test for them this week. But, uh, yeah, let's hope for no matter what their record is at the end of it. Let's just hope it, at the very least they're competitive. Thank you for listening to the Broadway Boys podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Broadway Boys Pod. And please rate, review and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud or the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. 
New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.